Cass. Like, Cass kind of, she wrote really good, <laughs> you know, the first book of the, the selection series. She did a really good job there, yeah. you know. And then it's like, from then on, it has been same girl in a beautiful dress with she needs to win the man. She's kind of stupid and not really like thinking. But you know what I mean? It's yeah. like we're getting the same exact outline of a story. So I would hope that maybe her next book, which I'm glad that this one is not a duology for that reason, I think it's time for us to get out of the unnamed scene. Welcome to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club girls who don't always agree, but do enjoy a good book discussion. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. Grab your favorite beverage and come and enjoy our universe. Which is in reference to... Fable. If you haven't read Fable at all by Adrian Young, you should. You should definitely check it out. It's quite a good read. Um, this book is kind of like a novella, if you will, like an after story. It's still within the same area, but it's different characters at the same time. Definitely worth the read. And if you have not um, ever heard a podcast by us, usually we break it up into two parts. We're going to give you a synopsis and what we didn't like and what we did like, but it's spoiler-free. And then we'll tell you when we're going to spoil the book. And you can also find that in the show notes below. And without further ado, if you are not following us on Instagram or YouTube, we post up there. Uh, we're the Now the Universe podcast, and we are so glad that you are joining us. Buckle up, because we're going to review the Last Legacy by Adrian Young. So let's see here. When a letter from her uncle Henrik arrives on Brian Roth's 18th birthday, summoning her back to Bastion, Brian is eager to prove herself and finally take her place in her long lost family. Henrik has plans for Brian, but she must win everyone's trust if she wants to hold any power in the delicate architecture of the family. It doesn't take long for her to see that the Roths are entangled in shadows. Despite their growing influence in the upscale bastion, their hands are still in the kind of dirty business that got Brian's parents killed years ago. With a forbidden romance to contend with and a dangerous work ahead, the cost of being accepted into the Roths may be more than Brian can pay. I believe that's how you say your name. Is it Brian? I think it's Brian. I think it's Bryn. Brian? Yeah. <laughs> Brian. 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 <laughs> As we just completely ruined the whole entire name. Thank you so much. Come back next time. <laughs> All right, Dawn, what did you rate this book? I gave it a three and a half. Okay. I believe I give it a four. Okay. I give it a four just because, well, we'll get into all that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? We'll tell you why. We'll tell you why. Uh, let's see some of the things I did not like. I didn't really have a lot that I didn't like about this book. I had more nitpicks, if you will, mm -hmm. just like small little, little things that I know were probably, uh, Young's choice to 
omit from the story because it is a standalone. It's not supposed to continue onward. Okay. So I feel like as though that might be why I had some issues. Okay. The first thing, first little nitpick that I had is that I wanted more of the Roth family. Yeah. They seem like pretty amazing people. They're super tight-knit. You know, they've got arm tattoos that signify their family's, like, heritage that they have been accepted into the family. Uh, And there's, like, a trial and error stage that happens with each member, which is amazing. But I feel like each member also has a hidden agenda outside of the Roth family and what their whole entire legacy holds. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted more of like Moro's story. Yeah. Or Moro, or however you say his name. I wanted more of Henrik. Henrik is her big bad uncle that, you know, is in charge of the whole entire Roth family. Uh, there's just so many good like young does a really good job of giving us these amazing characters usually when i found out it was standalone i was like oh it's because you wanted more yeah yeah so i guess i can combine two and make that into an agreement with you so i felt like henrik wasn't scary or villainous as i felt like we were promised that he was going to be it was more of him reacting and us watching him react a couple times but there was no real development into how manipulating or conniving he was and there were some points in the story where I was like this guy is scary okay so I didn't like Henrik and then I did feel like there was lacking a lot of character development and I agree I wanted more of Moro I don't know what his purpose was unless it was just and I can't say it's a spoiler but you'd probably know what I'm talking about um the uncle what was it? I don't even remember their names to be honest I don't with remember you. all of their names the cousin yeah like yeah I there were the characters were not developed enough I even think Bryn wasn't as developed as she could have been she was just kind of your typical YA girl. I have a temper. I didn't really see a temper. Um, so I don't know what this temper was that she kept talking about. But she was just a typical YA girl. It was nothing special about her. Henrik is perceived as this super bad uncle, right? That we we need to agree with him with everything. We have to do exactly what he says or else there's hell to pay, right? There's just this big whole thing. That's like, okay, I, I wanna know what he's truly hiding. There has to be an exact motive for him to be that devious and that narcissistic almost in a way. Like I wanted to know the root of what his issue was other than what we've been given right so i feel like there was still a hidden agenda to him that we don't know yeah i I feel (laughs) i in a book to me a villain can make or break the book he didn't necessarily break this book but he didn't help it either 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was very, um, this is more of like a nitpick. It was very little, like, no. It was like surfacey bad. Yeah. And I get it because it's supposed to be a standalone. So it's like she didn't want to go too deep with it. So maybe that's why. No. But I don't know. Do you okay. have any more dislikes before I get into nitpicking time? Yeah. Um, I, well, this might be considered a nitpick, so I'll wait for that one. Um, I have, um, I have several deal breakers when I read books, meaning if a book has this thing, it's gonna, it's gonna, I'm not gonna be happy and I might lower the rating. Excuse my voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for this, for this, um, deal breaker, I don't like it when a novice teenage main character comes in and knows more than everybody else who's been there for years and is an adult I because it's it's unrealistic and that's what happened and I'm just like okay I don't I don't I hate that and so I did lower my rating well not as much as I normally would and I'll explain after our whole nitpicking nitpicking time but yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Within this book. I think I was just, um, I was personally very glad to be back into that story. But there were some like little flaws that kind of showed up within the story. So it's like, I couldn't give it a five star rating. I know a lot of people are giving it a really higher like rating on Goodreads right now, just because they're happy with the fact to be back in the unnamed sea world and to learn about um, Oster Oster's family. Oster, yeah. yeah. I almost said Taj, but that's not the right one. <laughs> and these are all characters from the Fable series. Um, so yeah. Get any more? No. We can do nitpicks. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is nitpicking time. It's nitpicking time. Because these aren't really, like, really big deal breakers, but they're things that Don and Ashley just, meh. Yeah. And enjoy. Uh, so my first little nitpick is I wanted more of Sarai, which is, um, what's her name? Bryn's aunt. She seemed like a real conniving character. Mm-hmm. And I say this because she was able to somehow get out of the Roth family. You don't just get out. Yeah. According to everything else. You you don't just, you aren't given an easy escape to get out of the family. Once you are indicted in, you are in. Till death do you part type of thing. So I wanted to know what she was up to because she's obviously scheming and planning her getaway from the beginning almost it seemed like yeah and then she's somehow molding Bryn into her little pawn in this whole entire game and it's like all right girl I see you you're like a good aunt Midge that's just like (laughs) okay, honey, so this is what you're going to do because they're going to do X, Y, and Z, but you're really not going to do that because you're going to be smarter up here. So I wanted to know, you know, good old Aunt Sarah's uh, tricks here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I only have one deal breaker. I mean, nitpick. Sorry. And uh, I just got really tired of the gem trading stuff because A, it was in the first two books of Fable and Namesake. And I'm just like, okay. And B, she didn't really seem to do anything different with it. It was still trying to get a ring or whatever. I'm like, okay, I we read that already. Let's do something else with this whole world that you have here. She didn't really do anything different with the world. Yeah. And so, yeah. Just yeah, I was hoping that Bryn's area of expertise would have been in, like, for example, like, merchantile, for example. Like, she's really into that or they kept bringing up like this whole thing with tea like her mom had a tea house and so I was like okay that stuff that we can sell let's let's talk about this that that's a bartering thing that stuff that you go and you trade for but the gem stuff no I can totally agree with you I was like oh they're all schooled in the world of gems (laughs) and here we sit not knowing what a counterfeit is but it's fine (laughs) Okay, so we're going to move on to things that we did like. Well, I do have one thing I want to say. Girl. Um, Let's hear it. I don't know if I should put this here or if I should save it to the likes. I think I'll just say it now. All right, so. No, I'll wait to the end. Let's go to likes. <laughs> My bad. You hear that, guys? You see how she's doing me? It's fine. All right. <laughs> uh, my first like with this book is that I loved that not everyone was in cahoots with Henrik. That was like my first really big like in this book. So I was like, okay, everyone kind of has their own hidden agenda, but they're still family as blood. And for family, we will sacrifice whatever we have to for them. But, like, everyone's, like, kind of running their own little, like, side jobs. Mm -hmm. And is it being honest exactly with what they're doing with their time and money? And I found that very interesting because it just, it added to wanting to learn more about the the characters. And I loved that. Okay. What about you? I didn't really like anything specific about the book. Um, I did give it a three and a half because it's not a bad book. Um, It's just a little formulaic. Um, Predictable, I would agree. It's a little predictable. Um, I won't get into it until you're done with all your likes. But it's a typical Adrian Young book. It's very YA fantasy. And I don't know. I just didn't. There was nothing specific. Where I was like, oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. There were no quotes. Usually I can pick out a quote or a theme or something. And I just, I just, I got, I had nothing that mm-hmm. I liked specifically. Okay. That's fair. Because I agree with a lot of the things that, that you said. Uh, for me, the the main thing with this book is that I loved, even though Adrian is still using kind of like her, her same tactics in telling a story that we have seen before, she really does do a good job with transporting you to that world 
like when Ezra was hammering, like I felt like I was inside of that room as he was putting these gems together within the stone. And like when they're walking down the streets of Bastion, I felt like I was there. She does a really good job of transporting you into these worlds. Like her books are so easy for us to just kind of get sucked into. There might not be this big, deep, overarching theme and, you know, big plot and demise and all this other stuff, but she does a really good job of transporting you into the world, which for me is my big main thing when I read books is I love the worlds and see, you know, how they do, and there you go, and that's usually how I rate mine is, you know, kind of based off of that, so I loved that she didn't sacrifice that type of writing style that she does really well with describing where you're at so that was like my big reason i think why i gave it a four is because of that okay for me so but i didn't have really anything else that was like "Ooh, yeah let me talk to you about this like you know so, yeah without saying too much yeah don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, overall, I've like I think that my problem with this book is Adrian Young's books are good for people who are new to fantasy because they're not going to be familiar with typical fantasy tropes, YA fantasy tropes, and characters and worlds. But for someone like me who reads a lot of fantasy and now getting into adult fantasy, this isn't enough for me I need themes I need complex characters I need an interesting world something different something I haven't read before and that all ties into my enjoyment of a book this book was boring I was I was bored with everything um even the little romance but uh, her books are not bad but they're just if you are a seasoned fantasy reader who reads like and there's some really good young adult fantasy authors who write really good books. And if you're mm-hmm. used to like Lainey Taylor and Maggie Steve Otter and Bardugo yeah. and, you know, um, Schwab, then her books are just going to fall a little bit short. And this is my fourth book I've read by her. And I don't feel like she's grown as a writer. I feel like I'm still reading the same formula for her books and because I feel like she hasn't grown I'm gonna have to retire her jersey I don't think I can read any more of her books because I'm not being challenged by them I'm not being entertained by them and it's just flat like her writing hasn't like like there are some writers I feel like Lee Bardugo in particular her you can see a difference between Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows like her and then Ninth House like her writing has grown infinitely and this woman is she's not growing and so I don't I feel like I'm still reading the same book over and over again so but she's not a bad writer like she can spin a story she does duologies and not trilogies which is great this is a standalone so I do recommend her books but I wouldn't recommend it to someone who reads fantasy often. 
feel like this particular series by Adrienne Young, before we get into the the spoiler part, she she started off really good with a high, right? Like we read Fable and both Dawn and I, like that was on our top 10 for the year. Like it was really good because it was something we hadn't seen before. And now the past three books that she has produced is us kind of still in this same realm. Like we're literally still in the same world. We're still talking about merchant rings. There's still like the unnamed sea and all of that going on. And so I do you have to agree that I I would hope that her next book branches out of the unnamed sea and we'll see some growth. But it almost doesn't look like it we're gonna get it. Kinda like with Cass. Like Cass kinda she wrote really good <laughs> you know, the first book of the of the selection series. She did a really good job there. Yeah. You know, and then it's like from then on it has been same girl in a beautiful dress with she needs to win the man she's kind of stupid and not really like but you know what I mean it's yeah. like we're getting the same exact outline of a story so I would hope that maybe her next book which I'm glad that this one is not a duology for that reason I think it's time for us to get out of the unnamed scene but I wasn't disappointed with it because if you are looking for a lighter white fantasy, this is definitely something for you. If you are a seasoned fantasy reader, you will probably start to be like, all right, honey. Okay. This is like, we're, you know, still in what sophomore junior year writing yeah. type of a thing. It's not bad. No, it's not. It's just not advanced. Yeah. It's not advanced. You know, so I think this is a great book to offer to teens who are just kind of starting in that YA realm. They're just going to get sucked right into it, and they're going to be, you know, reading stuff by Lanny Taylor, which, mind you, that's one that you need to have a drink with because she is... (laughs) It's just, like, so different, Mm -hmm. the intensity of what she writes. Yeah. So... If you enjoyed what you're listening to and you want to hear us spoil everything, we're going to do that in five, four, three, two, one. Let's talk about this dang old romance we got going on here. <laughs> With, um, so Bryn, Bryn, right? Is that his name? Yeah. Now I have it stuck in my head a certain way. I'm just going to screw it. So Bryn has a thing for Ezra, and Ezra is the blacksmith of the family. He's the one that is, like, the brains behind this whole entire merchant, uh, no, gemstone operation. Ezra's been basically bought over a game of dice into this family when really he was part of another family, yada, yada, yada. He's Mr. Dark, mysterious. Guy doesn't like her. They kind of continuously have fights over and over again and all of a sudden we have this budding romance that somehow appears enemies to lovers I wasn't disappointed it was a little disappointed just because it felt very like rushed you know like we're not friends we don't do this and all of a sudden like they have this moment where they're like 
oh, you understand that I'm stuck here too. With the tattoo, it's the the tattooing moment that's mm-hmm. when that happened. Yeah, and I was like, okay, sure. Like I was just kind of go along with it, but I wasn't like, oh yeah. <laughs> I was kind of, I was really hoping that Burn would be this strong, confident woman. Like she's already one that hates dresses and she prefers trousers to anything else she doesn't want to sit and be a fine from improper lady i was kind of hoping that she'd be like well i ain't got time for you oh no you could tell when the book opened she was making moon eyes at him when she first saw him no but i was hoping maybe not oh okay you know i was hoping i was hoping how'd you feel about it um (laughs) i didn't hate it but I didn't love it either. Like, it wasn't my favorite enemies to lovers. Yeah. It was just okay. Wasn't like Moven and, Moven and Moonlight when they're like completely at odds, right? We're mm-hmm. like, yes. That one. Yeah. That was great, by the way. <laughs> yeah, read that book. <laughs> that was a good one. And the second one, but the first one was really good. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um,. I also kind of I wanted to see more of Bryn's like temperous side like she was deemed this person to have a really bad temper and basically speak her mind about everything and I don't feel as though she got that moment until the very end and then it just felt very rushed oh yeah I didn't say that in my dislikes and I should have like that was one of the biggest disappointments with this book was that you set me up so nicely and then my ending is so cookie cutter perfect and it's like there's no consequence yeah I was like reading it and then I'm like okay we only have two chapters left she's gonna wrap this up in two chapters Mm-hmm. okay it's a 400 page book it's a decent size it's not small yeah and she wrapped that shit up in 30 pages it's like okay mm-hmm. then it was yep. happily ever after okay maybe i'll drop my rate to 375 <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it just because it's like <laughs> yeah it was too cookie cutter of an ending i yeah. mean like i feel like 17 year old ashley would have been very happy with that ending. Been like, good job, woohoo. But grown up in her 30s, Ashley is like, that's all you got for me? That ain't real life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I wanted to know more about, like, how did they just get off scotch free? She literally writes that they, like, are able to escape. They've outsmarted her uncle. And they're able to leave. Okay. I feel like Adrian Young got bored with this book too, and she's wanted to end it. I don't know. Because I ain't got nothing else to say. Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I don't know. That's so weird. Very weird. And I really liked what was the lady that she asked to basically like side with her at the tea? Violet. Violet or whatever. Yeah. I wanted more of her because she seemed like 
this hidden like carbon San Diego lady <laughs> that just like <laughs> knew all this interesting information and she knew how to barter her information well mm-hmm. you know I was proud of, of Bryn for that moment like kind of playing all of her cards and understanding that game that their Roth family plays um but at the same time Oh, I just I wanted more I want more of it mm-hmm. and she sets it up really nice and you're like okay I'm here agreed was that one part that you said you want to talk about and then you didn't oh just that I think that Morrow was just in the book to beat Ezra that was his only purpose oh. I don't feel like he contributed much of anything I know he needed, she needed, um, an ally and he was there to show her around and whatever, but that could have been anybody. Yeah. And he didn't get that. Cause I, I was waiting for like, almost like the grand gesture from him. Thanks romance book club. I was waiting for that. <laughs> that moment where he finally just like has his turning moment yeah to kind of just reveal like his heart in those moments why he's still staying Roth and not totally leaving Henrik to his own demise type of a thing I wanted more of that yeah because yeah like there were these amazing characters and I just wanted more information and all we heard about Oster was that his, uh, he escaped out of the room she was in. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to tell me that from two books, that's all I get? You know? <laughs> yeah. I kept waiting a little bit more about him, too. Especially since we left a little, at in book two, in Namesake, we were kind of, like, disappointed at the development of Oster and Padge. So I was hoping to get more about Oster, but... It really no. didn't. It was very surfacey. Yeah. So. And they don't even, like, come back in the book either. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't see them again. So I was like, what's the point of naming that his room then? Just unnecessary information. It's a callback, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I think that was the biggest spoiler, was yeah. the romance. Okay, yeah. Because I wanted to talk about it, because it's like, what else? <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, as we have said, if you are new to YA, this is a perfect book to, like, kind of segue you into this fantasy world, getting introduced to these really big character lists and world development and all that it's great but for us advanced readers it might not be your next Saturday cuddle up book (laughs) so we hope that you guys join us for the next podcast it might be a few weeks because Don's man Jay Kristoff has released a new book and it's like over 700 pages right I think it's like eight something. I don't know. It's big. Eight pages. It's a big boy. So we are going to be reading Empire of the Vampire. Yeah. 
it is a first in a well, we don't know yet if it's a duology know. or a trilogy it could go either way with Kristoff and this is a book from a male point of view which is the first for him because usually he writes heroine point of views mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to kind of hear I gotta like get used to that in my head because I'm so used to <laughs> yeah. him writing a certain way so we hope that you enjoyed what you listened to we hope that you join us in the next podcast Bye-bye. Bye.